Welcome to the Ether. Today is Thursday, January 12th, 2023. Today on the Ether, the second installment of the TFM Founder series, this one with Sunny Argawal, co founder of Osmosis. Ar- Argo- Ar- Agarwal? Argawal? Agarwal? Let's take a listen. Hi, guys. It's Rebel Defi on the TFM account here. When it was just me and Shotmaker in here, we did have some music. I started talking and now I can't get the music back on, but it was quite nice. Yeah, so hopefully we'll have Sonny in here to tell us some exciting stuff about what's going on on Osmosis. I think, I think I'm right in thinking that Shotmaker was in a call with me a bit earlier on where Sonny was talking about this proposal um, that's up on Commonwealth at the moment. Um, to automatically stake um, LP rewards on osmosis. So I think that's something that's worthy of a little bit of discussion. Hey, Sonny, welcome to the TFM Founders Series. Thanks for joining us. Hello. Hello, we can hear you loud and clear. Perfect. I should hear you guys. Awesome. Well, I jumped into a space a bit earlier on and heard you were on a bus. Um, you were off somewhere. I don't know if you're in a secret location, but would you like to tell some of the people here about where you've gone? I don't know if you're on holiday or if this is business. Uh, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm actually in Taiwan right now. Uh, we, we are in, we're doing like a little team retreat or a team offsite uh, here in Taiwan working on Finishing up a bunch of a bunch of front of front end work and contract liquidity work and stuff we'll probably talk about today. But yeah, so uh, but today we took a day off from work and we uh took up came up to the mountains. We're staying at this like mountainside resort right now. Um, there's some hot springs here. I don't know if you guys can hear it or not, but I am sitting in a hot spring while taking this while uh, on this first place. I don't know if you can hear the bubbles or not, but yeah, that's uh. That's where we are right now. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I used to live in Japan for a long time. My name's Rebel Defi, by the way. It's on the TFM account. I spend most of my time in Terra, but quite excited about what's going on in Osmosis and across Cosmos at the moment. But yeah, when we took hot springs in Japan, typically we would go in with just a towel, like a modesty towel, and then once you got in, that was it. You put the modesty towel on your head. So I don't know what the, the hot springs are like in Taiwan, but uh, similar not, style? Not quite. I, I am wearing my swim trunks right now. Uh, there is an indoor one that is uh, that is uh, modesty towel. I, 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 actually, we, well, we asked them, is it clothing optional? optional? And they said, no, 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 clothing not allowed. So, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Sometimes, yeah, when in Taiwan, do as the Taiwanese do. Exactly. 
Awesome. Well, quite a few people have dropped in. I can see there's someone called the Dow Maximalist is here. Some people might know him as well. Um, so yeah, welcome to, this is the second in the Founder Series discussions with TFM. Hopefully our co-founder is going to be dropping in as well. Um, and today we are with the co-founder of Osmosis, Sonny Agarwal. So welcome again, Sonny. Thanks for being here. Um, and, and we appreciate you taking the time out of your day to join us. I actually thought you were on holiday rather than a working holiday. Um, and and sort of the idea of these founders these discussions is to get a chance to hear from blockchain founders about what developments in Web3 are, like excite you, um, obviously with a bit of a focus on your home chain. So, I mean, just maybe if we could continue that discussion from a little bit earlier on, because I felt that the, the, the Taiwanese mountains were kind of affecting the reception that was coming through. But, I mean, is that, is that right if I ask you a question about that one, first of all? Yeah. Sorry, what was the exact question again? Okay. Well, okay, question's coming. I just wanted to check it was okay to talk about this topic. But, yeah. like, I was looking at that proposal, and the, the name of the proposal in Commonwealth, for anyone that's not seen it yet, is something about automatic staking of LP rewards. And I remember when I first read it, I just thought, that is outrageous. Like, they're my reward. Surely I get to choose what happens to them. Uh -huh. um, so I was like, instantly, my gut feeling was, no, I'm, I'm not interested in that, or I'm, I'm against that. But then when you started speaking about it, I was like, oh, okay. So oh, it's not just an advantage for whales. This, this is something that can actually benefit regular osmosis users as well. So now I'm completely undecided about the whole concept. So can you, could you maybe just like talk about some of the pros and cons? Yeah, sure. Um, so, I mean, really, the proposal is sort of a tokenomics incentives change that's kind of wrapped under this, like, you know, proposal of auto-staking. But the tokenomics, like, rewards change is, you know, today, when you get your rewards from uh, Osmosis liquidity providing, you get the rewards immediately. But this is actually not always, not the most standard way of doing it. So sushi rewards are, were actually bonded, right? So when I, you know, I, to be honest, I haven't used sushi uh, probably in over a couple of years, probably since Osmosis launched. But I remember when I did use sushi initially, when it first launched, um, the rewards you get, or you actually, were actually bonded for, I think, three months or six months. Uh, I think three months, maybe. And so you actually get these, like, you, you earn the reward and they're yours, but they are vesting basically for three months. Um, and then Curve actually does something similar where uh, you have the option of whether you want your rewards liquid immediately or you want your rewards to be auto stake, kind of. You know, they don't have staking, it's not a proof of stake chain, but they have this thing called the vote escrow contract where it's basically their version of staking for governance. Um, and so, yeah, you get a, I think you get up to like a 2.5x reward boost if you uh, have it so your rewards go auto state for some period of time. Um, and so, you know, this is actually a pretty standard thing in many liquidity uh, incentive systems where, you know, you have some sort of vesting mechanism on the, on the reward. And so, you know, we were, so that, that, that was like the, the, the primary idea was like, hey, Today, a common flow that a lot of people, a lot of a lot of LPs are doing right now, 
is they take their osmosis liquidity rewards on a daily basis and sell them either to just sell them or often, or even to compound them. When you're compounding your LP rewards, right? What you're effectively doing, let's say you're on the Osmo USDC pool, right? What you're actually effectively doing is uh, selling half of your rewards every day and then re-LPing them, right? And this is like, you know, not that useful of a user behavior where it's not actually adding, you know, it's not bringing in more external liquidity. It's kind of just like having the same, same people provide the same amount of like practical liquidity. It's just driving down the Oslo price likely uh, having this like daily sell pressure because, uh, you know, people are auto compounding their Oslo. And so this is not a, it's not a desirable or useful user flow from the perspective of the DEX, right? Like the DEX is not, you know, it's not benefiting from people doing this. What the DEX would benefit from is people doing something like auto stake, you know, staking their rewards or just, you know, doing something else with their rewards, like holding them, right? And so, you know, one of the, what we wanted to do was to shift that user behavior was put some sort of vesting on the rewards. And so the idea was like, hey, okay, what if we put like, a two-week vest, vest on the rewards and people have to claim their rewards and that just adds a little bit of friction, right? Like, you know, oftentimes we're like, oh, we want to get the UX, you know, we, we're trying to make things as user-friendly as possible. But oftentimes what you do want to do is like, you do want to add friction, a little bit of friction in behaviors that are undesirable from the perspective of the protocol and reduce frictions for behaviors that are desirable. And, you know, and so, well, and then the other idea we had was like, hey, instead of just putting these people in a two-week vest where they don't like, you know, okay, is this really going to do anything? They're just going to auto, they're just going to unbond and, you know, they're just going to get the same rewards two weeks later. Then the, the, the secondary idea here was like, hey, what, why not just actually stake those rewards on behalf of users as well automatically? So that way they start earning those, uh, you know, it's not, it's not a net, you know, all bad, right? It's like, oh, there's this positive, but, you know, you get auto, auto staking and you start getting rewards. And so even though your tokens now, your rewards now have this vesting thing, okay, well, at least now your rewards are, you're, are earning, you know, staking rewards for you. And it's good for the protocol, right? It, it is in the product, it behooves the protocol to have more Osmo stake. And so effectively what we're doing is adding some friction to the, user flow of selling and your rewards or compounding auto compounding your LP and reducing the friction towards making it easier for people to stake more Osmo by auto staking on behalf. And you know, you'll have your power users and stuff like they'll still go ahead and auto on they'll, they'll unstake the rewards every day and, you know, and then resell them 14 days later or whatever. But, you know, if even 80% of, you know, I'm, I'm sure the majority of, users won't be doing that. And it, it's, it's just a way of nudging users uh, towards more pro-social behavior for the protocol. I can't hear you, but I don't know if other people can. I'd almost like to come up to speak. Um, got a thumbs up from Jake. Sounds like he can hear. Um, oh, okay. Now I can hear Wow. You. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, yeah, this, this certainly doesn't have to just be a conversation between myself and 
Sonny, which who, who we're here really to hear from. So if anyone's got any pressing questions to address to Sonny about the osmosis ecosystem, please just raise your hand and we'll get you up. But um, yeah, yeah, I was just saying this is basically I, I don't go into osmosis every day to sell my staking rewards because at the moment I just don't have enough liquidity to make it worth my time. Um, so I would actually quite like this auto stake feature, I think, because it, at least something would be happening to the, the minuscule amounts that I'm earning. Um, now, yeah, I mean, this kind of leads on to another topic, I suppose. You're saying that it's good for the protocol. I love that it behooves the, the protocol for us to, for more Osmo to be staked. But, like, we've had like historically really high APRs which sort of are continually coming down for the LP providers um, but like as as the LP rewards decrease over time what, what's the plan for osmosis to remain in its current position like as, like, as I suppose the premier decks and cosmos how, how are you going to keep that liquidity yeah so this is sort of why uh, we're building concentrated liquidity, right? Like these really high APRs and emissions are not a sustainable way of, uh, you know, it's not sustainable, right? Like we're, we're, Osmosis is spending more in rewards than it's actually even earning from swap fees on a daily basis, right? But what it, what it really was is it's a bootstrapping mechanism where, you know, by having the most liquidity, especially in you know, our, our thesis when, when we started Osmosis was always that AMMs are really good for bootstrapping ecosystems. When you have an ecosystem where there's very, you know, um, very low liquidity, uh, you know, having an AMM makes it very easy for, you know, just people to throw money into the pool and, you know, it'll, you'll, you'll, you, you bootstrap markets using it. Um, but now here we are, like a, a year and a half later from the launch of uh, osmosis and you know effectively IBC, and I think the the market has actually matured enough where like you know we need to start moving towards more mature markets, the types that you see with order books and Uniswap V three style concentrated liquidity systems. And the thing with those is you actually don't need as much liquidity, right? Like osmosis doesn't need to have. Let's say you have a concentrated liquidity system and you have like sophistic sophisticated enough market makers market making on it you could probably why why, do, why is more liquidity good it's because you're trying to reduce price slippage for your traders right and if you can get the same price slippage with a tenth of the liquidity that is good right now to incentivize that tenth of a liquidity you know it could take maybe a tenth of the amount of rewards and so uh yeah so that's kind of like what we see happening like the entire with concentrated liquidity out around the corner, you know, I don't, I'm still, we're not, still not ready to give exact dates or anything like that right now, but like, you know, definitely around the corner. Um, we, a lot of things in osmosis, especially on the LP side, are going to change, right? Like, you know, I think this is just one, honestly, small thing, example of something that, that can change with these locked liquidity rewards. But like, even the reward incentive systems as a whole are probably going to have to begin to change. APRs are going to start to go down. But because people have to remember, at the end of the day, LPs are not the customers. They're not the primary user of Osmosis. They are a service provider of Osmosis, right? They are providing a service, which is 
providing liquidity and they're getting paid for it. And the goal was, you know, part of it was we want to al- make the LPs also be the owners the, uh, of Osmosis by giving them these liquidity rewards. Now they have an ownership stake in the Osmosis platform. But, you know, our goal is to, uh, you know, the, our primary customer is the trader and we're trying to optimize their user experience. And then secondary to that is to uh, provide the most value capture for Osmo stakers and holders, right? And so if that means bringing down rewards in order to uh, decrease inflation and emissions, that seems, you know, once the, we're, we're, we're nearing the point where we have the tech able to do that. Awesome. Hopefully I'm coming through okay. Oh. Yep. Hi. Okay, awesome. Now, you mentioned the, the phrase concentrated liquidity. In, in, in the call you dropped into when you were on the bus earlier on, Jacob asked you if you'd like to give a high-level a high overview of concentrated liquidity. And you, you kind of went, well, maybe he's not, now's not the right time. I, I, I don't know. You, is it not something you want to speak about just now? Or no, no, no. Are you, are you sitting com- comfortably? Yeah, no, this is a good time now. Um, yeah, well, okay, awesome. What is concentrated liquidity? Uh, concentrated liquidity is um, an idea that was, you know, I would say basically innovated by the Uniswap team in their Uniswap V3 uh, system. But I actually think that the way that uh, Uniswap explains it is not necessarily, I think it's a good technical explanation. If you, go, if you look at their introducing Uniswap V3 blog post, I think it's a good technical explanation of how it technically works. But I don't think it actually does a really great job of explaining why it's exciting um, or what, you know, give, it's not a good, best intuitive explanation of it. So from our opinion, what contrary liquidity is, is it's really more like an order book than it is like a traditional AMM. It's, you know, in a traditional AMM, what you're expected to do is just go put your liquidity passively once and then, you know, forget about it effectively, right? Well, in an order book, you have to be like constantly making orders, making bets on what the price is. Um, concentrated liquidity is almost like a cross between these two systems, where it has aspects of both. Um, what it so what what it is you know going in more specifically now, what it's saying is when you go into a normal AMM, you are saying you are market making. Uh, providing liquidity at all prices, right? From $0 to infinity dollars. And, you know, uh, the amount, if you put $100, uh, $100 of liquidity in this, you're providing that, you know, very minuscule amounts of liquidity at every possible price. And that makes the price slippage quite high. With concentrated liquidity, you can say that, like, look, I, you know, why, what's the point of providing liquidity on osmosis right now at, you know, $10,000 per Osmo. Like, uh, yeah, I'm sure we all would like to see that. But, you know, realistically, that's just like a waste of uh, liquidity provisioning right now, right? Like, why not provide liquidity in in a a band, let's say from, I don't know, 25 cents to $10, right? Like, okay, this is like still a pretty wide band and like hopefully an Osmo like will not leave that band, right? But like, it, 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 it makes it that capital efficient it just increases the capital efficiency way more. And you can get away with like 
I don't, I don't, I would have to like do the math out for this specific example, but like, you know, you could get the equivalent price slippage of like, you know, the hundred dollars over full range. Maybe you can do that with like, you know, $25 over this uh, tighter range. And what, what ends up happening is you, you have more and more sophisticated market makers who will be like, Hey, I actually know how to provide an even tighter uh, prediction band around it. So, you know, I'm going to provide liquidity around, you know, what is awesome like right now? Like, you know, 70, some, 70 something cents, 79 cents, right? So maybe they're like, oh, I'm going to provide a liquidity band from 75 cents to 85 cents. And, but what they, they're going to have to do is what, what, what you're doing when you're providing a tighter band is you are taking on more impermanence loss, IL risk, but you are, earning a lot more fees per capital that you put in, right? Um, and so this is this trade-off. And what's going to happen is you're going to have like very sophisticated market makers who are providing like very, very tight liquidity ranges. Um, they're going to be earning a lot of fees, taking a lot of impermanence loss risk. And it's not really something we would encourage your retail LPs to do, right? Like retail LPs should probably not be trying to compete with like, sophisticated market makers in trying to actively market make but instead what they could do is you know the nice thing about the, the contrary to liquidity design is unlike an order book where there's like no way for passive lps to compete other than trying to actively market make in contrary to liquidity you still have the ability for passive lps to be like hey i'm gonna put a bigger range um, you know, it's not going to be as good as the active one. You know, I'm not going to be earning as much fees as the active one, but like, you know, I, I'm still earning some, some fees out of doing this. Uh, and so you have this like range where it accommodates both passive and active LPs. And then there's going to be all sorts of like intermediary things as well. Like you have, uh, projects like Astroport building, um, like market making bolts on top of concentrated liquidity and stuff. So. Basically, you know, the, the, the process of LPing is going to shift quite a bit from being a one-click thing to having to, there's going to be a little bit more active decision-making uh, needed. And that kind of will imply that, you know, not your, all your LPs today maybe aren't going to want to LP in contrary liquidity. And, and, you know, that's okay. I think, you know, we gave, the them the opportunity for the first year and a half to earn a huge amount of awesome and like be owners of the protocol and you know after after a while it will come time for the retail lps to sort of step back and more sophisticated lps and um you know vault systems to sort of provide the lion's share of liquidity which is what you see happening on even on like uniswap v3 today okay i mean certainly not in a sort of personal perspective osmosis i mean i found it very welcoming as a sort of beginning DeFi user or as i was starting my journey so you're suggesting that as more people come into DeFi, osmosis might not be the place for them to to learn about how to lp would that be fair to say uh yeah i mean i think that lping is not necessarily the thing that people you know, that the average person should be, will be doing in the long term as DeFi, as an entire industry like matures. Um, I think that there is other sort of opportunities that we can direct your 
like retail DeFi um, explorers towards such as things like staking or lending on Mars and things like that. So I think I just, so, you know, there's a lot more products and, and even LPing through thing through things like Astroport. Um, it just said like you going directly into concentrated liquidity um, LPing is probably not the user flow that will exist five years from now, you know? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's just amazing how things or how quickly things change in in Web3 and yeah, what seems cool six months ago is now no longer the thing. Um, I mean, I a video of you at um, Cosmoverse. You were talking about something I found pretty exciting, the, the interchain basket of coins. So, uh, uh, Can you maybe talk about some of the projects that, that you're excited by or that you think users will be particularly excited by this year on Osmosis? Yeah, so uh, I definitely think Mars is probably one of the most exciting just because I think like, you know, <laughs> there's been a, if you look in DeFi, there's basically been a handful of products that have had like extreme product market fit so far. And they, I would say they've probably been like DEXs, lending protocols, maybe perk protocols now, it took a while, uh, maybe stable coins, maybe. Um, but so, you know, out of the big two, like DEXs and lending protocols, we have so many DEXs in Cosmos right now. And basically like very few lending protocols, right? You have UMI and a couple, but you know, I, I'm just really excited by like what the Mars team is building. And one, especially when you combine like Osmosis and once you combine a DEX and a lending protocol together, you can do all sorts of like, you know, we can finally do like leverage trading and stuff like that uh, on Osmosis. So that, that's something I'm definitely really uh, sort of, probably the one I'm one of, one of the ones I'm most excited about. Um, but yeah, there's a lot more we talked about, you, you know, you mentioned the IBC index of coins. Uh, so that's basically, you know, it's an, it, it's an index token today. One of, one of the kind of annoying challenges with cosmos as a whole is it's really hard to like invest in cosmos. Like if, you know, let's say you want to just invest, you know, you, you're, you're, you tell your friend about how cool the cosmos ecosystem is and all the cool stuff going on on, you know, on Osmosis, on Juno, on Secret, on Terra, or whatever, you know, and it's like, cool, how do I, like, you know, how do I bet on, I'm really excited about Cosmos, what's, like, the one-click way to invest in the Cosmos ecosystem? Uh, and that, you know, with a lot of other ecosystems, you have, like, you know, you kind of just buy the L1 token, right? So if you want to bet on the Solana ecosystem, you know, Sol is sort of this, like, diversified bet on Solana as a whole, or... You know, if you want to bet on the near DeFi ecosystem, you buy the near token. That there's no such token like that for Cosmos, right? Like, in, the closest thing you have is like probably Atom, but like, Atom doesn't isn't like really the like an ecosystem token. There's no value accrual to Atom from the Cosmos ecosystem. Um, and so the the idea that's kind of where the idea for IBCX came where it was like, hey, why don't we go ahead and build an index token, right? Like ETFs are one of the most common financial products in like traditional finance, right? Like, you know, oftentimes people are like, oh, I don't, I just want to bet on, you know, the US economy doing well, period, right? And like, not necessarily on a single thing, right? So, okay, so what do you do? They buy the S&P 500, which is a, 
you know, index token, uh, 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 an ETF of the 500 biggest companies by market cap. And just, it's sort of this like well diversified bet. Or, you know, people like, oh, I want to invest in the manufacturing sector going up. So they'll go and buy like Dow Jones, uh, you know, a Dow Jones um, ETF or something like that. So the idea behind IBCX is like, hey, let's mil- build kind of like an ETF. It's not really an ETF. Uh, you know, ETF has like a specific uh, legal definition to it. Uh, maybe a DTF, right? A, a DEX traded fund. Or it's not really a fund, right? It's more of a... Se- it's a it's a it's a pool it's a step protocol where it is collateral so what, what it will do is it will be like hey okay it'll use some algorithmic thing let's say it's based off of square root of market cap so it'll be like hey okay we're gonna you know this set this thing is gonna be 25 percent atom you know 15 percent osmo 10 percent juno 10 percent secret uh you know it'll have this like sort of wide swath of tokens uh, in this set. And you can just buy this one token and you're effectively exposed to the basket of tokens underneath it. And this is a way of sort of giving people an opportunity to have this diversified bet on the Cosmos ecosystem as a whole. So yeah, that's like another one of the things that, you know, pretty excited about, um, you know, there's there's some folks building, you know, Levana and Margin, they're both building sort of like perp, perp style uh, protocols on top. Uh, Membrane is building a reflexor style stablecoin. Um, yeah, so, you know, uh, if, if you go to osmosis.zone slash ecosystem, and I know you guys have a really cool ecosystem page on TFM as well, which it actually has more information than our ecosystem page. Uh, so uh, you, can, you can see a lot of the ecosystem projects there. Thanks for sharing some of the projects. Uh, yeah, we should keep our eyes on this year. Um, it's quite interesting that we've got Jake Hartnell in here from um, Juno, one of the, I suppose, most permissionless chains in the country from Osmosis. Um, I mean, are there any plans to change from a sort of permissioned um, system to a more permissionless L1? Or is that not something that you see as advantageous in any way? Um, I don't think it's something that, you know, Osmosis is trying to be a DEX. It's not trying to be a permissionless L1. And, you know, the reason we have smart contracts is that there are ways that people want to extend Osmosis, such as adding a lending protocol, adding a vault system. But we want to keep these things manageable, right? So, so actually, you know, with this whole um, proposal of how uh like the rewards are are might change right this idea of like hey let's make it so rewards get you know auto staked or to invest it or whatever um you know the thing is this will change how a lot of the auto compounding vault builders have to design their system right like they they will have to now if they want to auto compound they have to actually do the process of unstaking and waiting the 14 days and then uh, doing the action, right? And so if, but the thing is, we know everyone who is building on top of Osmosis right now, right? Like, you know, we know all the people who are building uh, auto compounding vaults, whether it's like Yieldmost team or Quasar or Apollo, and we have like direct lines of communication with them. If, and, and we, 
we know that there's not anyone that we're not aware of that's building it because you know every all of these contracts that are on osmosis have to have been approved by government and so this gives us the ability to change things and communicate directly with the people who would be impacted meanwhile if osmosis was instead permissionless and you know we had people deploying contracts willy-nilly and we didn't as a the dev team or the community don't necessarily know whose contracts are there, every time we change something at the protocol level, it might break someone's contract. And that's kind of unacceptable, right? Like that you don't want that to be happening. And so your options are effectively, you either go fully permissionless, but then you end up having to stagnate at the protocol level, right? Like you, uh, you know, this, in my opinion, this is sort of something that has happened to Ethereum, where because there's so much stuff built on top of Ethereum, they can't change, it, they can't really innovate properly at the protocol layer because it will it'll inevitably break someone's contract. So, you know, they want to do stuff with, let's say, an account abstraction, or they want to do stuff with, you know, new sorts of privacy. And they, they just really can't do this because they don't, it, it, the it's it's completely unbounded the things that are built on top. Meanwhile, for us, you know, we go osmosis. It's going for a much more of a quality over quantity approach, where you know every time there's a big protocol change, we can go reach out to the ten uh, projects built on top of the osmosis chain and tell and talk to them about like, hey, by the way, you know, we can walk them through here's the change log that's happening. Sorry, what was that? Sorry, it just run to my Twitter. I thought you'd finished. Sorry, please carry on, Sonny. Oh, sorry, my bad. Yeah, sorry, the connection might still be a little bit shaky up here. Um, yeah, anyway, but my, 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 the point I was just trying to get across was like, you know, it, 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 by having the Osmosis platform be a little bit more permissioned, it gives us this level of quality control, um, you know, similar to the iOS App Store, but, but it's really more about the ability for like us to iterate more quickly at the protocol layer because we're able to build a direct relationship with all of the people building contracts on top of osmosis. Awesome. Well, thank you for that full explanation. I have realized what I should really do is keep a close eye on my phone because I've noticed that, yeah, Sonny always mutes when he's finished his point. So no, that was, that was my bad. I, I loved what you were saying halfway through that. You were talking about deploying contracts willy-nilly because I always thought that willy-nilly was a quaint British saying, but um, obviously not. Uh, yeah, I don't know where I, I don't think so. I, I've heard that quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I, I suppose it just, yeah, it just shows, shows my, my small-mindedness on certain matters of the English lexicon. <laughs> now, I mean, with, with some of these, like, new L1s coming, we've got, like, Duality, which... I don't, I don't know too much about. It. I know they're they're, they're building them, their their decks, and we've also got C. Um, with with these new L ones coming soon ish, I mean, okay. how how is Osmosis going to cope with these new options? Yeah, I mean, you know, the duality and say I think are two very different uh, projects, right? Say is more of a trying to build a generalized DeFi L one while duality is sort of building i don't even i'm not even sure whether or not duality has a uh cosmosm contracting or not or 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 a permissionless cosmosm contracting but like you know how do we plan on you know i guess we, we can talk about 
both, right? Like with something like say, uh, you know, we were, I think that, or honestly, both of them, whether it's DEXs on say, or like DEXs, DEX app chains, like duality, I think that, you know, Osmosis just has this like brand, this like user experience. Um, at the end of the day, that's what sort of really matters with, when people want to buy Cosmos assets, where do they go? They come to Osmosis, right? Like it's the go-to place and there's this flywheel effect. Even Uniswap had this like sort of huge first mover advantage. Even as more and more DEXs uh, launched on Ethereum, Uniswap still makes up the lion's share of volumes on Ethereum, like over 50%. And, you know, they did that in combination of being able to, uh, you know, they had a brand that, but they also had an amazing user experience, right? Like I, I actually still think using the Uniswap front end is an app is like one of the easiest to use uh, things. And then the other thing they did was they innovated, right? They never, they didn't uh, sort of rest on their laurels. You know, they Uniswap V3, I think was actually the biggest innovation in DEXs and like, you know, since the launch of Uniswap. And so, you know, I think we have uh, a lot of, stuff up our sleeve that we're working on uh whether it's like our spin on concentrated liquidity like you know i saw what, what i didn't mention was like you know while our while our design is like heavily inspired by uniswap v3 i think we extend it and take it a few steps further um that, that, than they do um as well as just like you know a lot of the stuff that we're building around the product i think the osmosis website today is you know we, our goal is to how do we make the osmosis website be the your one-stop like DeFi cosmos DeFi super app right like we want you a lot of there's a lot of like hidden things if you go to the info site especially on the dashboard you know there's a lot of really good information there that we're trying to like part of the whole part of a big focus of actually this like front end retreat that we're on right now is uh we're going to be merging the info sites and the main sites and figuring out how do we turn the Osmosis site into a place where people can do their, you know, uh, I want to see my portfolio. I want to stake uh, from here. I want to, you know, lend on Mars from here. I want to do my trades, right? Like, how do you turn it into a sort of full-fledged um, DeFi dashboard? And so I think that's sort of one of the things that will bring more and more people in. Um, also building more and more integrations. You know, one of the things I, I think, uh, the Thorchain team has done like spectacularly is like doing a lot of really cool integrations, right? Like if you see that like Trust Wallet, uh, if you do swap, like in their inbuilt Bitcoin to ETH swaps are, are going through Thorchain, which is like really cool. And so, you know, we want to be able to build similar sorts of integrations that get those um, into places. So, you know, uh, I don't know, that was a long-winded way of saying other competition is coming. Uh, we've had competition before. Uh, we've and offices have come out fine, and I think we're just gonna keep innovating our way through more competition. So yeah, I suppose competition maybe drives innovation in, in certain senses. So yeah, exciting to see what's coming from Osmosis. Uh, now we've got like these Astroport, the Slam model coming out as as well as your Osmosis outposts. Um. I mean, can you talk a little bit more about how these Osmosis outposts might work? Yeah, so the Osmosis outposts are like very different than like the SLAM thing. 
So osmosis outposts are there. It's kind of a little bit of a, a little silly name, or it's all, it, it doesn't work the same way. What it really is is it's saying, "Hey, do all of these L ones in Cosmos need to have their own native dexes?" Right? You have um, on Juno, for example, you have Juno Swap, or which I guess now got winded down and. And and migrated into wind, uh, window, uh, something like that. Um, and it's like, but you know, I hot take. I'm I'm willing to bet that like, so, so, sorry, Jake, but like, uh, you know, I, I think that like, you know, it's just not going to get enough liquidity to like be like reasonable to serve the needs of the projects. Uh, you know, liquidity of the DeFi projects being built on Juno, and the outposts are basically a way. For us to say like hey let's deploy a contract on us on the juno chain and it provides like the same swap interface as something like juno swap would um and so that way like let's say a dow dow uh contract on juno wants to execute a swap it should be able to call this osmosis outpost contract but what the outpost contract does is it doesn't actually keep liquidity on the juno chain right what it will do is it will that will trigger an IBC message, send the tokens to Osmosis, do the swap, and immediately send the tokens back. And the user doesn't have to like do any action here, right? It, they they just do the one one action, and then the rest sort of happens behind the scenes. And what ends up happening is there's like a little bit extra latency, like you know, let's say a, a swap happens instantly, while you know this takes an extra few seconds. But uh, we think that the benefit to the uh, liquidity, like the the, the the far decreased slippage that you get from doing this sort of more async uh, trading against osmosis liquidity will be beneficial for most of these chains. Um, so yeah, that, 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 that's sort of what the outpost model is. It's not actually moving liquidity onto all of these chains. Our, our belief is that like, hey, liquidity should be aggregated in one place and, you know, we should be routing as many trades through that one one place as possible, um, but the, and the outposts are basically a way of it's it, it's more of a UX hack more than anything else to make it easy for people to trade against Osmosis even from other chains. So if, if I'm understanding that correctly, that's kind of like from maybe like smaller chains or newer chains, um, liquidity or the, the trades would be kind of bridged over to Osmosis made on osmosis and then bridge back to whichever chain they came from. Yes, exactly. And that will happen all like seamlessly. You could do that today, right? But it's just annoying. You'd have to do a transaction to the IBC. You got to wait. You got to then do the trade, a transaction osmosis. You have to have, a, have an osmosis of wallet in the first place. Um, then you have to like I, IBC it back. The, the idea here is using the uh, new cross-chain swaps uh, functions that our team has been building that will all be a single transaction you make a single juno transaction and then it does all of this in the background and then you end up with your result tokens on juno again and um, i'm assuming would that would that require some sort of chain upgrade to to sorry i was going to say juno there to um, to osmosis for this to work or not um it will why so i this i'm not 100 percent sure off the top of my head but i believe what it will re I, I believe what it requires is this uh new i on the osmosis side i think we needed to add this uh 
IBC hooks method, where what it does is, um, you know, IBC has multiple different like uh, transaction or like protocols on top of it. You have ICS20 for token transfers, ICS721 for uh, NFT transfers. We needed to add a way for um, an incoming IBC message to trigger a Cosmwasm contract. And I think that was something that we needed to add to the Osmosis side. But there should be no changes needed on the Juno side. Like, I don't think we need to do a change on the, we don't need to upgrade anything on Juno in order to deploy an outpost on Juno. Same thing when, you know, let's say Neutron launches. We don't, we, we don't, we'll just be able to deploy the outpost there. Uh, and and so on with any Cosmosm based chain. Eventually, you know, it'd be nice if we can actually add outposts, like EVM based outposts as well, so we could deploy it on Evmos or, you know, even any other EVM chain as well. Wow, super, super interesting. So, I mean, and when you're saying outpost, it's essentially like on, we've been using Juno as the example, I could like go to the, like an Osmosis version like an osmosis front end that was actually on Juno. Is that essentially what the outpost is going to be? Yep, exactly. Uh, as far as the users. Exactly. It'll be a little bit slimmed down. Like, you know, LP, it, it'll be focused around swapping and stuff, right? It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be having LPing and stuff, right? Because that's something you want to do on the osmosis chain. It, so it'll be like a, a, a light version of the osmosis front end on Juno. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, sounds like Osmosis doesn't have to worry about other L1s. Maybe other L1s have to worry about Osmosis. And, and, and do you have a timeline for any of these outposts, or is this just like a sort of something that's in the works? Um, I believe our contracts are done. I And I think it is like currently going through internal audits right now. Um, so... I, like I said, I'm not the one sort of working on this feature myself, but there's some other folks on the team who focus on this. So I don't have a timeline off the top of my head, but I can't imagine it's more than a you know, couple of weeks to maybe, maybe, you know, maybe a couple of months away. One of the, so one of the things that actually, oh, so I, I, I'll add one amendment. One thing that makes uh, that we will that's sort of a little bit of a blocker on making it more easily useful is um, one thing that we do need to get onto other chains is a multi-hop IBC uh, upgrade where this is like something we worked on with the Strange Love team. But let's say you want to send, um, well, let's say you have Atom on Juno and you want to send Atom that atom to osmosis, right? You can't send it directly from Juno to osmosis because remember IBC is path dependent and that atom got to Juno from the Cosmos hub. And so what you actually have to do is you have to first send that atom back to the Cosmos hub and then send it to from the Cosmos hub to osmosis. And this is like annoying. So, you know, if we, so let's say if we want our ultimate cross-chain swaps flow to work perfectly, we want it so you can have Adam on Juno and swap it to stars on Juno, right? Well, what we actually have to do is first, we have in that one-click flow, we have to send the Adam to the Cosmos Hub, send it to Osmosis, do the swap, send that to stars, send those stars to Stargaze, 
and then the stars from Stargaze to uh, Juno. So it's actually like more steps involved. And we actually have to get an upgrade into the Cosmos Hub and Stargaze to support this multi-hop IBC. And this is something, you know, we want, we've want. we been working on, you know, multi-hop IBC is something that Cosmos, that all Cosmos chains should be adopting no matter what, because it's important for interchain UX. Uh, so um, that is sort of, I guess, a blocker on making it fully 100% like use, usable. Um, but what you will be able to do is like swap Juno for any other natively issued Juno token or Osmosis token on the Juno outpost. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll probably come up with, have like a blog post or something that explain kind of goes into all of this in a little bit more detail with examples as needed. But yeah, so I hope that made a little bit of sense. 100%. Yeah. I, I was going to come in when you seem to finish talking, first of all, but then I noticed you hadn't muted. So I thought, wait a minute, I'll just hang on. And then we got some more gold from you. So thank you for sharing that. Now, I mean, wh- one thing I'm excited for, and, and it's definitely related to osmosis as well, is that TFL are coming out with their new station wallet. And I've been doing a little bit of testing with that. And so from station, we're now going to be able to do transactions on osmosis. Um, is, is this something you've seen working or heard much about or had contact with TFL about? Um, I have not personally had contact with TFL about this, uh, but, um, and so I haven't tried it out myself, but that sounds really exciting. I mean, uh, I think I do like, I, I, I was a big fan of the Terra Station wallet uh, back in, you know, pre, pre-crash pre Terra days. And so, you know, I think they've done, they did a good job with that UX. So excited to see more uh, Cosmos wallets. Um, we are definitely, you know, we are, we are, one of the things that we are working on is um, making uh, the Osmosis app more wallet neutral. So today it's like, you know, Osmosis was built basically at a time when Kepler was the only Cosmos wallet that was really usable. Um, and so a lot of the way the Osmosis front end was architected was uh very Kepler focused, especially because uh, you know uh, a lo- there's a significant overlap in our the Osmosis team and Kepler team. It's not you know it's not it's not a uh, completely overlapping circle, but it's a, it's a Venn diagram for sure. There's a lot of people who work on sort of both of that both of these products, um, and so uh, yeah, so you know a lot of a lot of so we're we're working on a lot of architect rearchitecting. Um, there's a there's a team called Cosmology. Uh, uh, which we, we we heavily funded in order to help build a lot of this tooling. But yeah, so hopefully Osmosis front end, you'll be able to use it with like uh, not just Kepler, but also Leap Wallet, Station, uh, Cosmos Station Wallet, and even like Wallet Connect uh, V2, and just generalized Wallet Connect V2 support. So that way more and more wallets will be able to support it. Good stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, one of the things, just to mention Station just a tiny bit more, Again, still totally related to osmosis. One of the one of the things I really like on Station is that it's got this like quick stake feature. So users don't even have to pick a validator. You just go quick stake, stake ten osmo, hundred whatever you're staking, and it based on certain parameters like the I think the top thirty three percent of voting power excluded. Um, any validators that have had like a slashing event in a certain time period excluded. 
just with just with the aim of like imp- improving or promoting decentralization. Um, so I mean, coming on to that decentralization, is that something that you feel is important for the Osmosis chain itself, or something that yeah you hold dear? Yeah. So one of the features that uh, kind of got uh, that that got going back all the way to the beginning, you know, this whole auto staking feature. Part of what one of the prerequisites for us was we wanted we added we we just finished this feature called validator set preferences, which is uh, today it's kind of annoying that every time you like through the Kepler uh, dashboard and stuff or every staking dashboard I'm aware of, maybe other than station, which I'm learning that right now, um, is that every time you want to delegate, you have to like choose which valid you have to manually delegate to every single validator and so you know we always tell people like hey you know diversify your delegations don't delegate to one validator delegate to like 10 validators and what will often happen is people will you know the first time yes that's what they'll do they'll go and pick 10 validators and delegate it to them but every time they get staking rewards and they want to re-delegate them you know are you going to really make 10 delegation transactions every time no what end up most people end up doing is it's like oh okay they they just pick the first one that of their 10 that they see on the list and just keep redelegating to that one. And that causes this like, you know, push towards centralization, right? And so with the validator set preferences module uh, module that we built, you can, val- validators, uh, sorry, delegators will be able to the first time basically say, hey, uh, my preference is 50% delegated to uh, notional 25% to Larry and 25% to, uh, I don't know, Figment, right? And so then every time they press the delegate button, it will just always delegate in that proportion again and again. So that way, you know, you it doesn't cause this like centralization force every time people are are, are delegating. And so um, I'm our hope is that this feature will help make it you know, help push towards decentralization. And what will also happen is then people will be able to create um, suggested uh, val set preferences, right? So they can be like, you know, someone can be like, hey, here's a list of validators that uh, run relayers, or here's a list of very geographically geo-distributed validators. uh, So you're not picking all in one jurisdiction, or here's a list of validators that, you know, do open source tooling or public goods funding or something like that right and so you can have these like lists of validators and i think there might be like a little bit of a mark like a eco like a product line that that forms around that so yeah that's sort of one of the things that uh we're hoping will help with this decentralization absolutely that that sounds really interesting like users being able to create these suggested validator preference lists um, I mean, because certainly, like on on Telegram and forums and stuff, that's something we discuss quite regularly about like, favorite validators, and but all this discussion kind of just gets lost with then and new people come in and ask the same questions: which which validator should we take with? So, yeah, if there was something more visible, that would definitely help. I would I would imagine. Um, we're we're coming up to an hour here, and if Sonny is still in the hot spring, I'd imagine he's turning into a bit of a prune. I mean, is there anyone here? that has a pressing question about osmosis for Sonny. Um, I, I feel like I've learned quite a lot today. Well, more than quite a lot, actually. I've, I've learned a lot. Um, I have a question for you guys. Uh, what are some of the stuff with TFM that, you know, 
I mean, one, one, well, just for everyone out there, I will say TFM is actually like probably one of my favorite interfaces for Osmosis. Like, there's a lot of cool functionality that exists on TFM that isn't even on the Osmosis front end. So if you have, you know, I, I, I was even like, you know, I've been even suggesting to my team that maybe we like make it so if you go to like pro.osmosis.zone, it like relinks to TFM or something, just because like you know you have your charts there and you have like a much smarter order router and stuff. Um, so, you know, really big fan of the part you guys are building. So, I mean, what are some of the exciting stuff for TFM coming up? There's a, there's a lot of front-end stuff that is being improved. Um, and as I was saying, yeah, various collaborations with other projects, which will hopefully be announced. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's quite far, well, very far along in development. We, we recently actually... Um, and this is definitely something I can talk about. There was a, an update. I don't know if you've seen because it is only on Terra at the moment, but the NFT aggregator um, had another update pushed out. So we're hoping that we'll see, or I'm, I'm certainly hoping to see the NFT aggregator on more chains than just Terra. There's something, um, I don't know if you've seen that, that um, ARC protocol are behind or certainly a big part of um game of nfts which is coming up on a few different or it's going to be on some test net chains um and this is ics 721 so about sending nfts cross chain so tfm is going to be involved with that as like one of the sort of co-hosts of that event and i mean I, I don't know quite what it's going to mean once we can send our nfts all over the place but I think that's quite an exciting development for 2023. Sweet. Really excited for that. Hopefully uh, our Wasmo NFTs will be able to play a role in that in those as well. Sorry, what happened? Oh, yeah. I, I couldn't hear Sonny, but now I can hear Sonny again. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I think my internet is yeah, still, still being iffy. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I, I was just saying, yeah, I'm really excited for, like, you know, the, the, the interchain NFT stuff just because, uh, you know, we have Interchain DeFi now, but I think uh, we'll have a lot more cool stuff happening with uh, Interchain NFTs and stuff. So uh, excited to see how that sort of plays out. Um, and so and I just hope, you know, we, we have our Wasmo NFT stuff that, you know, as, as I mentioned before, is a little bit on the back burner right now. There's some, I think some more important stuff we need to finish first, but then uh, definitely, you know, would love to see our Wasmo NFTs come, come this year. 100%. Me too. Yeah. They, I mean, they, they were something that, that people were getting excited for a good few months ago now. Yeah. And it seems to have gone off the boil. I, I suppose just maybe with the state of the market, NFTs aren't the the the, the thing they used to be. Um, well, this has been awesome, Sonny. Thank you very much for, for spending the hour with us. Um, I think we should let you get back, get dried off and enjoy the rest of your team building weekend Sweet. in the mountains of Taiwan. Thank you. So, yeah. Thank you very much. Any closing remarks nope uh yeah thank you guys for having me nope. and uh yeah really fun awesome appreciate your time sonny thank you very much and thank you everyone for being here we are going to be speaking with jake in episode three next week on the 19th thanks for listening in jake and thanks everyone else for being here thanks, thanks. again sonny bye. see you bye thanks for checking out another episode of the ether that was installment two of the tfm founder series sonny argawal co-founder of Osmosis, recorded on Thursday, January 12th, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening.
And if you want to keep listening, head on over to terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support there. Now with Spark IBC Enable. They say rapping is the gateway, bringing home great pay, checking that replay, sing along and we say nobody gives a fuck around my way. I make about three bucks for every thousand plays, so add it up and do the math on that. Financially speaking, why the fuck would anybody want to rap? But in this reality, the money comes from doing shows, but then where's the money go when you can't do the shows? I guess you could rap on Cameo, I've been asking all my friends if I can rap on the patio. Six feet, motherfucker, step the fuck back. Doing a little magic, pulling rabbits out the rucksack Not everybody's always in it for the money Looking like another crooked Sunday and I'm working Monday So you know I ain't stressing, left debating great methods Amazed to play Inception, the bass stay blessed See, even with these huge sums of overall royalties These sums of money that go to the record label per playback Can seem insultingly small Many rights holders are making around three quarters of a cent Each time someone listens to one of their tracks Leaving only some portion of that for the actual artist, they can't even say they're making pennies, pennies, pennies per play. Until they can figure out how to turn a profit, their future will always be in question. But for now, investors see enough potential to continue to fund pennies, 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 pennies per play. Another day, another lesson. Living in the eighth dimension might be worth a little mention. Living in the Great Depression, got a real regal feel. Reeling in another sucker fish, out to make a deal just to make a motherfucker wish. Ah shit, now you only got two left. You know what I wish? We didn't have any loose ends. You know what I miss? Listening to excuses Now we're on the fence Like we forgot how to choose That's what happens When people don't know what's true In the dark eating bullshit up like a mushroom In the lunchroom Just trying to laugh it off Meanwhile foaming at the mouth Like a rabid dog Like a fake mate And call at the zoo It's looking like the view Is getting disappointed too I'm working on the new shit Trying to produce it It's what I'm willing to go through When I'm making my music Terror spaces.